Hicken Friends! I'm your host, Scott Davis, and I'm alongside Jason Hickey. Well, hello there, Scott. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. We're out of TV shows. We are. But we're not out of TV shows. There's still tons of things watching. Like, I finished all of Community. <laughs> <laughs> all of Community. I'm not saying, like, I, I said, hey, why don't you watch the first season? No, 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 no. I did all six. <laughs> well, hey, that's, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. But, why don't we let the people know how we started being the geeks we are today i'm i'm down because you know there's always a generally a good story behind why you like the things you like as a geek this is our origin story yes <laughs> one day there will be a huge hollywood blockbuster made out of this yes yes with brad pitt as jason hickey mine would have been chris farley except he's like 30 years older than me but whatever <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like I said, mine would have been Chris Farley, and I said would have because, unfortunately, he has passed. He has. Yes. R.I.P. Chris Farley. He <laughs> <laughs> was great. Loved him. Oh, he was fantastic. Yes. Although, I do think he peaked with Tommy Boy. Oh, he did. Yeah. He did. I, I mean, I think he would have been great as Shrek, though. Oh, yeah. He was because he was the original uh, one to be Shrek. There was a lot of stuff that I, I think he would have been great. Like, if he would have survived, I don't think Tommy Boy would have been his high point. No, 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 no. But I think he would have been a lot more. With the body of work that we have... Tommy Boy was just the best. That and SNL, of course. Well, if that's your flavor. Yeah, he was he was good on SNL. But let's hear your origin. All right. So I was raised in a mildly geeky household. Um, my early one of my earliest memories, and I'm not talking earliest geek memories. They happen to coincide. But this is one of my earliest memories in kindergarten. I used to have to go to because my kindergarten didn't start until about 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I used to have to go to this person's house and they would watch me. Till 10 o'clock and then i would walk down to the school which was like a block away so i was there from 7 30 until roughly 10 mm-hmm. and one of my earliest memories was being in that house and watching star trek 2 the wrath of khan not that i hadn't seen it before because I, I know that i had seen it before but my mother always covered my eyes when they take the worms on seti alpha 5 and mm-hmm. put them in the helmets of Chekhov and uh captain and this woman didn't cover my eyes so here I am, you know, five years old, watching words go into people's ears for the first time. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, but I didn't, as far as I know, there was no lasting effect other than the fact that, to this day, I love Star Trek. Yeah. Like, with a flaming passion. I Movies, shows, mm-hmm. books. Yeah. Not bad. So that is that is my earliest geek memory. There is a plethora of others. I could probably tell you how I got into each different fandom that I mm-hmm. consider myself a part of. But that is my earliest Trek memory. It's my earliest geek memory. And it's probably one of the reasons why Star Trek has lasted so long with me. Because I was literally raised on Star Trek. Mainly the, the TOS movies. I didn't actually watch TOS the show until probably five or six years ago. But the movies, I watched them countless times yeah see i watched tos i didn't watch it until i was i want to say 30 okay and i watched the next generation when i was a kid um didn't really get into deep space nine or voyager or enterprise at that matter i was pretty much a next generation right. and, and, right, right, right. and stopped but i was unemployed one time and i had a lot of free time <laughs> so <laughs> well i as i watched mine on netflix when i yeah. watched everything because i didn't i watched a few i had seen a few episodes of tos 
Yeah. I had pretty much watched TNG all the way through. And when I watched it years later on Netflix, I found a couple episodes that I missed. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I had seen everything. And then DS9, I saw about two-thirds of it in the original run. Mm-hmm. And Voyager, about half in the original run. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see any of Enterprise in the original run. I have since... I actually think Enterprise is one of the better series. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it the better series. I would say it's vastly underrated. Mm-hmm. The third season was very uh, serialized. And I think they did a halfway decent job at it. And the fourth season of Enterprise is great. Yeah. Not good. It's great. And one of my biggest... I don't want to say regrets because I came to it years later, but missed opportunity is that if it would have been renewed for season five, Mm -hmm. the word is that Shran would have been on the bridge of the Enterprise as a full-time crew member. I actually would have liked to have seen that. Oh, Shran was the best. I mean, mean, played by uh, Jeffrey... uh, Jeffrey something. He was a great actor. He played actually a couple of of roles in it. Uh, He's got nine or ten different star trek credits he's played a couple of different delta quadrant species he played the original or one of the original um vorta for the dominion mm-hmm. he played a ferengi named brunt mm. um you saw him in his human self in the episode uh far beyond the stars of deep space nine which folks if you've not seen it is one of the best episodes of star trek ever committed to film um yeah he's uh he's great and he was so good as shran Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs. Thank ah, you, Combs. IMDb, for helping me on that one. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, that is my origin of my geekness, and it started with Star Trek. Now, I'm going to go with mine, and I have, I'm not going to go as far back as Jason was. I did watch, you know, The Next Generation with my father. Uh, he actually was the first one that you know, got me to watch it. He was the one, first one to get me to watch, you know sci-fi shows like that okay but other than that that was really the only sci-fi thing that my father really was into okay my mother when we were younger when i was really young like i remember getting every toy from star uh star wars empire strikes back oh yeah and my mom said that when i was a baby i used to watch it constantly well new (laughs) hope i used to watch a new hope constantly and so i think it was always an underlying factor of me watching star wars watching some sort of star trek uh flash gordon you know things to that nature but i was never really geeky about it at that time Okay. I was just a kid watching sci-fi. It wasn't until I started reading comic books oh, you're one that of, I became a geek. You're one of those. What do you mean by one of those? Oh, comic nerds. Yes, I am a comic nerd. Oh, you guys are the worst. Come on, you look around <laughs> here. Look around here. What do you see? Star Wars, Marvel, yeah. DC, D and D. I mean, Transformers. Again, Transformers was a kid cartoon. But this is, again, just a right. kid watching a cartoon. <laughs> I didn't really get into comic books until... No, I actually was... I did read some comics from my parents. They buy me some comics. I thought, thought they were pretty cool. Yeah. And my parents knew I, I loved doing art. I'm a graphic designer, for those people that don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm an artist and, you know, I'll, I'll throw my life. But my parents knew I loved, loved art, and so they bought me comic books when I was younger. But this is the first time I ever bought a comic book for myself. Okay. Now, this is 1992. The Death of Superman came out. Oh. And so I wanted to get the issue of his death. It was a black polyester bag with a armband ribbon inside of it for his funeral. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm not a comic book person, and I can actually picture the, that in my head because I've seen it so many yeah. times. This black bag with you know the, the Superman emblem on the front with like blood dripping down mm-hmm. off of it. Picked it up. That was my very first comic book I got. But it wasn't what hooked me. Oh, okay. The comic series that hooked me was the X-Men. I've actually heard that a lot. Now... There was a, the same time when that came out, the X-Men was actually doing one of his long, longer arcs. Mm-hmm. This is called the Executionist Song. Okay. Never heard, I've never actually heard of this one. I'm going to be right back. Okay. And I'm back. 
Holy cats. So what I'm actually showing to Jason right now, this is a frame piece of art, actually a canvas painting, printing of art, of all of the covers of the X-Men Execution Song, because it was my first comic book series I ever got, and I've read, and I got enthralled. Hmm. This just pretty much made me a geek. <laughs> well, and I can see that it goes over a bunch of different actual... Titles. Yeah, different titles. Yeah. Now, I picked it up here. I'm pointing out to one, but it's pretty much halfway through the series. Yeah. Is when I picked it up. So I picked up the halfway through the series. I was like, what happened before that? <laughs> so I picked up the rest of the series before that, and then I just started getting all the comics after that. Yeah. And now I am a comic geek. I've just gotten comics over and over. And this series made me a huge fan of the Summers Clan. Okay. Uh, Scott Summers being Cyclops, Nathan Summers, or Nathan Dayspring, or Cable, as we might call him. I was going to say, I know him as Cable, so. <laughs> or Cable, or Jean Grey, you know, just the, the whole Summers clan. This story pretty much starts that, that off, and this is what made me a huge fan okay. of that. After the X-Men came out in comics, I started drawing them, and I started cool. doing all this other, you know, reading up on it. Internet was starting to come out at this time, so I was able to get more research to be done okay. on this. Became a huge French comic store vendor. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so this is really what made me a geek. And I don't mean it in any way whatsoever as a bad thing. Oh, no. This is what made me oh, no. the person I am today. Self-identifying. It, it gave me some thoughts and ideas of morals of what to go forward to. Right. The expectation that people should be treated as equal because of the X-Men, you know, mutants, right. humans. I wasn't thinking of, you know, gays or blacks or anything else at well, that time. It's just, it's pe people in general is really, I mean, yeah, there's different subsects that are affected by it, but I mean, yeah, really. But after I did the X-Men, then started going into more comic books, and then I didn't really pick up a lot of Superman at the time. His Superman, like I said, I got the best Superman, and I got a couple around after, a couple before, because again, I was doing, you know, trying to figure out, reading the stuff around mm -hmm. the time. And then it wasn't until Batman came out. Okay. Now, Batman's, you know, he's been out for ages. Oh, right, 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 yeah. <laughs> But this was a story called Nightfall. This was the story of Batman back being broken by Bane. Oh, okay. And this was the story where Nightwing, Dick Grayson, for those who don't know, <laughs> Nightwing became Batman for a time. Okay. And this is also the reason why Nightwing is my favorite comic book character. See, I know almost nothing about Nightwing. Oh, he's... he's He's Dick Grayson. He's the first right. Robin. He, yeah, he's the first Robin who's pretty divorced much, himself from Batman and gone on his own. But pretty much think of it like this. Nightwing is Batman with a better personality. Yeah, that's true. Bruce Wayne is kind of dour. Yes. Plus, he also got to go out with Starfire. <laughs> I mean, come on. You can't, you can't complain that one. I was gonna say, yeah, because again, Batman's girlfriend is terrible. Well, his girlfriend is Catwoman. Exactly. It's criminal. Yes, but Nightwing had... Barbara Gordon, otherwise known as Oracle or Batgirl. Mm -hmm. I say Oracle first because when I was starting reading, she was first Oracle to me. Fair. Even though she was Batgirl before she was Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he's had other girlfriends throughout the actual series as well. Right. But that's the reason why when you come in my place, one of the first things you see is I have like three or four different Nightwing figures. I have noticed them actually. <laughs> yes. So it's, Nightwing is one of my more favorite characters. And again, it all starts off from, and this is for everything, I think. The first thing you get into, mm -hmm. what you're going to have feelings for to go forward on. So my first was X-Men. It was a Cable storyline. It was a Summer storyline. Okay. So to me, Cable is my favorite X-Men character. 
Okay. Now, I did watch the X-Men cartoon before it came um, before this came out. Right. It was around the same time as when that came out. Yeah. I've so it, it seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole yeah. thing yet. Yeah, so it added on my love of the love of the series and love of the show and love of the comics. And then Nightwing, again, I thought Batman was just awesome. Right. But I thought Nightwing himself was a better person. Fair. <laughs> and it was also during the time when Nightwing was becoming Batman. So I was like, why can't I? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I've said it before. I mean, every character in a comic book is somebody's favorite character. Yeah. So I've actually never read a comic book in my life. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, I've read a graphic novel. They're comic books. It's just with, with multiple of them once. Yeah, but here, here's, the, here's the distinction for me and the reason why I dis, why I make sure to differentiate them. With a comic book, I've got to buy issue after issue mm-hmm. after issue and follow storylines and buy who knows when and they're going to change writers and storylines are going to be dropped and storylines are going to be picked up and I might not like the new ones when mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to the old ones. So I, I've never pulled the trigger on comic books, but with a graphic novel, it is a contained story story it is a novel or a short novel with awesome artwork that is true but a lot of these are actually what the comic front was it was just like right. probably a couple of comic exactly exactly but it's something that i can read and i can get a contained storyline the execution of song is actually in a graphic novel and see i would buy that and i would read that but each title is done by a different artist and a different writer uh, now are they following an outline though the plot is all made by one See, person that I, I i would have no problem with that because all right can, if we can dip into another fandom real quick i think one of the biggest failures of the new star wars trilogy is the fact that lucasfilm decided to make three movies interconnected movies with no guidance with three different filmmakers and no guidance as to all right you're gonna write this film you're gonna write this film you're gonna write this film and this one came out i was like okay then jj abrams comes out with a movie he writes it it was decent. Then Ryan Johnson comes out. Well, well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to go this direction and this direction and this direction and do whatever. And 95% of the fandom hated it. <laughs> so then you had to have the dude, J.J. Abrams, come back and write a new movie, ignoring tons of plot threads yep. and making up new ones wholesale because they didn't have an outline. No. An outline would have saved that trilogy. So a lot the fact of things that, could have saved that trilogy. The fact that that series, the Executioner's Song, is done by different artists and different... Because different artists I have no problem with. Mm-hmm. More variety. Different writers, as long as they're following a story outline, that's totally fine because you're getting the story. Yeah. You're not going to see things picked up and dropped and... Yeah. No, no. But it was it was a single story. It was a, it was a little arc. No. And I loved it. And that's what got me into comic books and that's what got me into the X-Men and... I may have to look at that. I'll have to go to my local comic shop and see what kind of... See if they got that one because um, the, the, the one I read was, was I can DC. actually help you with that. It was Kingdom Come. I have all of them. Oh my gosh. Right here. That's crazy. <sighs> have you seen all my comics? I haven't, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I said, I, I, I read one. I have another one, but it's mm-hmm. it's based off of a podcast, which is sounds kind of weird. But so I listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, I'll plug them if we decide we can't. We'll just edit this out. It's called The Adventure Zone, and it's three brothers and a dad playing Dungeons and Dragons. Well, they had set story arcs that all tied together at the end, and they're releasing graphic novels mm-hmm. based on each story arc, and they're actually. It's really funny. But you're reading a comic because you were invested within something already. Yes. I got invested with it within other things because I read comics. Right. And honestly, I'm actually kind of intrigued to go into some of the comics because I didn't really get into anything comic related mm-hmm. until probably 1998, yep. which is when Blade came out. Okay. Wow. Uh, what were you going to say? I, I See, I had watched Batman and I had watched Superman, but I was never really invested in them. I loved Blade. Mm-hmm. I thought the movie was great. No, it's it's fine. And then, it was never it was never one of my favorite characters. Well, and it's the same thing I can say about Ghost Rider. Never one of my favorite right. com- characters. As a first character, as a, as a movie based on a comic book, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. And then after that, I watched X Men mm-hmm. in two thousand, and it was 
it was great. And what I kind of view it as is my, my two favorite genres are science fiction and fantasy. So comic books are basically, they're science fiction. I mean, boiled down, they are science fiction. Yes. Whether uh, somebody gets their powers from genetic mutation, from a serum, from being an alien from another planet, mm-hmm. it is science fiction. So when I started seeing these movies and I started going to the theaters to watch them, it's like, man, this stuff is pretty stinking great. <laughs> it's the but genre that I love. The other thing is, though, when they make these movies, these movies are using some 30 years yep. of backstory, some 70 years of backstory. Right. You know, these characters have been around for ages. And I say ages because there's the golden age, there's the silver age, yeah. and there's the modern age. Right. And some of these are six, seven decades these characters have mm-hmm. been out. Although I will say, and I'm, I was very intrigued to say you say that you love the Summers Clan and you love Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Because Cyclops in the movie is super boring. Yes. And, and it actually, it hurts me <laughs> when I watched that movie. I thought, when I saw that James Marsden was hired for Cyclops, I was like, he looks like the character. Right. I saw him in a couple of like, earlier stuff. I don't remember what now. But he was like, he was a decent actor. And I was like, okay, I'm excited. I think Cyclops is going to do good. And then he was the third wheel in the relationship between Jean Grey, Logan, and and Scott Summers. But I'm like, wait, Summers is actually the guy that's going out with Grey herself. Right. And they're like, they're making Logan too much. Right. Let's let's face it. I love the X-Men movies, but they are essentially a love oh. letter to Wolverine. It, it is, they're Wolverine movies is what they are. Exactly. And it, that's why it trips me out that they may, oh, we're going to do a Wolverine solo movie. You've basically done like six of them already. You had, you had a Wolverine movie with the side actors of, characters of the X-Men. Who exactly. happened to be superpowered. Yes. And then when they had Brolin as Cable, I was like, it should be that bad. I would, I would like it. it. It wasn't the Cable I grew up with, though. And that's fair. See, I, I liked that movie and I liked the character. Although, mm-hmm. I will say I've never actually watched Deadpool 2. Yeah. The only one I've seen is Once Upon a Deadpool. I know you have children. <laughs> You have children. Well, I had to make a call, and you know what? It was still a great movie. And Josh Brolin just proves that he is fantastic in anything you put him in. Very true. I mean, he was Goonies. Yep. Great. He was in... I'm trying to think of other things other than comic book movies. <laughs> uh, no Country for Old Men. Very good. No Country for Old Men is a great movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just... He's a great actor. Yes. He was Men in Black. Yeah. That's a comic book movie, though. True. I'm trying, to think, true. I'm trying to think of non-comic book movies here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, my geekdom so, doesn't allow me this to. This is why we are ignoring Thanos at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. But yes, he's great. But he does do a lot of comic book movies. Apparently, yeah. Well, and that's okay. That's all right. That's why we love him. Right. Because you know what? Comic book movies are an art form. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, I know this has been a very short episode of Geek and Friends. So I'd like to thank you for listening to us. I've been your geek Scott. I've been your geek Jason. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of your day.